On today's Locked On Texas podcast, Cody and I get into our round two and three of our personal mock drafts and why you guys may be excited about some of the players we drafted. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find this podcast on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed, along with checking us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. I'm John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own Texan credential media member, Rockets credential media member, Cody Davis. And uh, somewhat of a sad day for Rockets fans. I think 80% of the Rockets fans out there are pretty excited. I don't know why, because there ain't nothing going to change. But you know what? Only time will tell you. I'll just leave it like that. Time will tell. But you guys are here for the Locked On Texans. If you want more on the Locked On Rockets, make sure you check out Locked On Rockets with uh, my man Jackson over. Jackson, uh, what's Jackson's last name? Jackson Gatlin. Jackson Gatlin on <laughs> Locked On Rockets. Make sure you check him out on YouTube and all the major podcasting platforms. So we got rounds two, our mock draft, round two, round three. Cody, I kicked it off last time. Yes, sir. I think it's, you know, it's, it's fitting for you to kick it off with your second round of your mock draft. Yes, sir. And just to do a quick recap of round one with the number three overall pick, I select CJ. And for those of you who might be seeing this and you didn't check out the first installment, um, I ended up with the number three overall pick because I received a huge trade package from the Arizona Cardinals. Don't ask me why. I did not call them up. They called me up, and I was not about to say no. But with the number three overall pick, I picked CJ, got ourselves a quarterback, and then with the number 12 pick, I went a different route and ended up getting edge rusher nolan smith and now john i finally had an opportunity to address the second most important position for the houston texans and that's at wide receiver and with the number 33rd pick of the 2023 nfl draft the houston texans select zay flowers wide receiver from Boston College. I went this route because first and foremost, I think Zay Flowers has the potential. If he if he doesn't have the potential to be a team's number one wide receiver, I think he can he can thrive as being a wide receiver by committee. He is one of those speedier receivers, kind of similar to Brandon Cooks, in my opinion. Of course, just a little bit more smaller in terms of his stature, but he's a speedy wide receiver that you can line up in a slot, that you can line up on the outside. But the one thing that I love about Flowers is the fact that this is a young man who got better and better 
every single year during his senior season at Boston College. This is a man who has recorded 1,077 yards. Of course, that was a career high on 78 catches and 12 touchdowns. And I like that pick of Zay for the Houston Texans because one, it gives a rookie wide receiver. You could bring him in without having the quote unquote pressure of being this team's number one wide receiver. And John, I know you and I spoke a lot about who's going to step up and be this team's number one wide receiver. Look, I'm about to say this now, and I really do mean this. This is Nico Collins last opportunity to prove that he can be a foundational piece for this organization. And when you take a look at the fact that they're going to draft a wide receiver at either pick number 12 or 33, and you take a look at the fact that John Mechie is coming back, Nico Collins needs to take the helm as this team's number one wide receiver. I truly do believe he has the talent to do so. And I know the last two years, health got in the way, the play of the quarterback got in the way. And I understand you cannot control health, but hopefully in his third season, he has finally learned how to take care of his body and try to prevent those nagging injuries that has derailed his career as of right now. But as we all know, whether it's CJ or Bryce, he's going to be playing with a better quarterback overall. So Nico Collins, he is the one guy that I'm looking at by saying he needs to take the helm as this team's number one wide receiver and everybody else like a Zay Flowers, like a John Mechie, like a uh, Robert Woods, like a Brown who they signed in free agency. Those guys are going to be able to improve the depth of that wide receiving core. And not only that, those guys are actually going to help the Texans rookie wide receiver benefit as well. I like Zay Flowers at 33. Uh, you mentioned Nico Collins and there's a receiver b before I get to my number 33 overall pick. Jared Wayne out of Pittsburgh, about 6'2, six, 6'3. Six, ran, I believe, like a 4'5, a high 4'5. He's a big body receiver. Uh, he can win down, you know, down the field, more of a possession guy as well. So uh if Houston does look to replace that bigger body in Nico Collins, I think he might talk about Jared Wayne. I think he'd be maybe like a six or seven. Round draft pick, uh, may go undrafted, but he is a guy with the the body frame that he has. I believe they can compete with in Nico Collins if Houston decides to look towards the you know the future at that position with a bigger style, bigger body receiver. Now, with my mm -hmm. number thirty three overall pick, Cody alluded to it on the Saturday podcast. <laughs> so I'm not even going to hold it back, Cody, with the number three thirty three overall pick, the Houston Texas select. Nolan Smith. Now, oh my on God. my mock board, <laughs> he fell to me at 33, and it was a no-brainer. Listen, the moment I saw Nolan Smith run a 4-3-9, I knew he was not going to be available in the second round. Mm. Uh, a 10-yard split of 1.52, a vertical jump of nearly you know, 42, 41 and a half, broad jump of 10-8. Uh, he is a freakishly great athlete. When you look at his numbers at Georgia, Cody also mentioned this. You know, he didn't have uh, the outstanding sack numbers. The highest sack number total that he had reached in the season was three and a half. That was last year. But playing their linebacker position, that was his best year. 55 overall tackles, 31 solos, a pass deflection, one interception. Uh, he's just super talented. And he's a guy that when you look on a tape, you see him flash at times, right? 
you see him, you know, the ability to cover, not cover, but sideline to sideline, flowing, getting after the ball carrier, attacking downhill, uh, going after those blocks and making it difficult for offensive linemen, uh, guard, tackle, whoever, to kind of pull a block on him. He attacks it, and he plays with an edge. And so, again, I don't know how he made it to 33 on my mock board, <laughs> but when he got to 33, I already addressed the wide receiver position. I thought that was a perfect opportunity to bring in a player that under D'Amico Ryans, right? If this was Lovey Smith, I wouldn't do it. If this was David Culley, I definitely wouldn't do it, right? <laughs> and so a lot of times when we looked at Derek Singley last year, we looked at the scheme, which was hindering him at moments in time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the game against Denver. Uh, mentally, it looked like his body was taking him through man, and then at the last second he realized, oh, this is cover two. I have to play the flats. So – I think when you look at D'Amico and the creativity that we believe he'll bring to this defense, excuse me, that is a player that, man, under that type of leadership and that type of coaching staff, yeah, I think he would be amazing for Houston. Don't think that he'll be like a perennial sack go-getter, but I think he'd be a player that at the end of the game, you're looking at the stat sheet and then you're looking at what he did on the field and you may say it's not matching up because the numbers may not be there, but his impact is there. Then, of course, at some point in his career in the NFL, he will be able to get those numbers. And so I like Nolan Smith again, guys, because I saw it in the comments. I don't know how <laughs> Nolan Smith is the on my draft, my court, but he did. And I thought that was a can't-miss prospect. And once again, guys, I don't know why Arizona called me and packaged the number 334-66 and a second-round pick of the 2024 NFL Draft for the number two and number 104 pick, but they called me once again. I had nothing to do with that. However, like I mentioned, John, I tried to orchestrate this mock draft by using the mind of a Nick Asirio and D'Amico Ryans. Both of those guys always talk about the possibilities that they have in this draft and with that said like i just mentioned i got the number 34th pick in this in the second round and i actually made a trade because i wanted to address the safety position john once again i know that is a position that might have caught you off guard however i do believe it's very important for the houston texans to try to pair jalen petrie with a another uh, another safety that he can grow with um so without further ado i called up the miami dolphins and i packaged the number 34 pick and i got 51 in return and a future fifth round pick without further ado the number 51st pick of the 2023 nfl draft the houston texans select jl skinner safety from Boise State. And wow. the reason why I went with Wait him, a minute. Wait a minute. What <laughs> safeties was available? I, I don't I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember. Wow. But the reason why I went with him, I, I went through his projections. I, I looked at his numbers. I, I even did some film study on him. And the one thing that I love about JL is the fact that he is a ball hawk. I read a report that every single year he got better and better with his interceptions 
and with his pass deflections. And when I took a look at the fact that I want to see the Houston Texans pair Jalen Petrie with a safety that he can grow with and probably establish one of, if not the best defensive backfield in the league in the next couple of years, especially when you consider the fact that Derek Steely Jr. is going to take that next step forward. However, with all that being said, when you take a look at the fact that Jalen Petrie finished his rookie campaign with five interceptions, you pair him with somebody like J.L. Skinner, somebody who recorded a career-high four interceptions in his senior year and over the last two seasons, six, and his past deflections ended up being somewhere in the ballpark of 10, if I'm not mistaken, of last year. That's all I needed to see. And that's why I that's why I had an opportunity to make him my last pick of the second round. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Uh career high last year, interceptions at four. Uh when you look at Skinner last year, 14 snaps around the D-line, 115 snaps at the at the slot position, uh 14 at corner, 346. Uh, as a box safety, 128 at deep. Uh, I think that what you and I both, and he's 6'4", 209. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention like, that, too. I like the size. He's, he's 209, maybe about 215 by the time uh, the, the season start, if that was a possibility. I think when we look at the safety position, and I'm going to bring this up now because this is something that I want to continue with this trend. We mm-hmm. have to look at guys and figure out in what ways can they get on the field. And so Jimmy Ward is a starting safety, a strong. Uh, we got Jalen Petrie at free. You got to find a way to get some of these guys out on the field. And I think that when I look at the safeties, like I've been looking at Ronnie Hickman, I've been looking at Jay Ward, I've been looking at a couple of safeties. I'm looking at how could they, number one, grow it within the future, but how can they get on the field and be effective now? So with Skinner coming in in, in, in the rookie year, projection-wise with Jay Ward, that would be another player on the defensive side of the ball that under Namiko Ryans, I think everybody would expect some creative way to get him on the field. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always changing and growing. How I feel at 25 mentally and spiritually is not how I feel at 30, nearly about to be 31 years old. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want and why we react the way we do until we talk things through. Uh, BetterHelp connects you with licensed therapists who can take you through and take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. You can do it on your phone and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Listen, visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today. We'll even go ahead and give you 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com. Better Help, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Visit today. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for sticking around for the second half of the show. Locked On Texan mock draft. Cody, before the end of the week, I got a mock draft that I did with, that was so crazy. <laughs> got to get it out. I got to get it out. But- I- I don't have a full mock draft, but there was one. I just had to re- I just had to hit the reset button on because 
the person that went number one overall, I was like, well, hell no. <laughs> and I just had to, I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Will Levis. <laughs> I said, nope. Reset. You know what? I would have, I would have, I would have saw that. And again, guys, thank God we're not general managers, right? But I would have saw that and I would have said, you know what? At the number two overall pick, give me Jalen Cardi. I would I would have just went with the trend. But with the number 65 overall pick, listen, when we look at the uh cornerback room right now, we have Derek Singley Jr. We have Tavier Thomas, Steven Nelson, which is a player that I wish Houston could bring back. After this one year is up, still got Desmond King, who we know that plays to do a lot of the utility things, versatility on the field, slot, inside out, sometimes may come up and help in the box as a safety, depending on what they're doing with uh, Jalen Petrie. But I do think that Houston can take this draft to invest in that cornerback position as well. Now, one thing that I loved from our time with Cole Thompson was we had him on last week. He mentioned the idea of trading back from 12 and then going to get Joey Porter. Like, that was an idea. I was like, whoo. But I still think the wide receiver position is much more of a need to risk that at 12 if you have the opportunity to get a Jackson Smith and a Jigba. So with the number 65 overall pick, Julius Brents, cornerback out of Kansas State. Listen, Brents is 6'4". Uh, Brents ran a 4-5-3. I think that coming into the league, he will have some difficulty in terms of, uh, you know, kind of sticking with his man at times and not getting beat off those routes. However, his physicality as a cornerback coming up and making tackles, uh, he's a big guy. And he also has an NFL comparison of Tremaine Johnson. I think that his fit, again, with a defense that I believe we will see from uh, D'Amico Ryans would really help him out, especially as a coach. Brent is also a good zone cover cornerback uh, with that length and his leaping ability to be able to make those plays. may not get you all of the interceptions. I believe last year, his final year at Kansas State had four but he'll also get his hand on the ball, get some great pass deflections and breakups. So he's a player at the cornerback position in the third round. Maybe when I look at drafting him at 65, we got to see how the draft pans out. That could be considered a reach, but I think that would be a great investment in the defense. Hmm. I like that pick, John. However, I actually wanted to address the offensive line. And I know for some of you guys addressing the offensive line, especially more so at the at the center position, the third round might be too low. However, in my opinion, of course, outside of quarterback, I think it's extremely important for the Houston Texans to address the defensive line unit, to address the uh, wide receiving core, and even address the backfield, whether you go safety like myself or cornerback like John just did. However, once you – address those positions then i say at least one of your third round picks should be used to draft a center and with the number 65th pick of the 2023 nfl draft the houston texans select joe tipman from west wisconsin, wisconsin. 
Wisconsin. Yes, and the reason why I like Joe, first and foremost, you finally got a center that you could depend upon, rely upon. <laughs> That's the most important thing. But not only that, John, I do believe Joe has the attributes and he has the skill set to improve what the Houston Texans need. Of course, most importantly, you need somebody that can help protect um, your rookie quarterback, whether that be CJ and damn sure if it's Bryce given his stature. Um, but the one thing that I like most about Joe is the fact that he can excel in run blocking. This is a guy in his last season at Wisconsin, he finished with a run blocking grade of 78.3. I think when you pair him alongside Keon Green, I do believe the Houston Texans run game is going to get even better. And once again, you take a look at D'Amico Rhines, and you take a look at Bobby Slowick, and you know they're coming from San Francisco, and you know they're going to rely heavily upon that run. I do believe that they're going to put some value into um, getting an offensive lineman. If it's not Joe, somebody that's similar to him. Now, John, before I give the floor over to you so you can mention your 73rd pick, um, in the last package that I got from the Arizona Cardinals, I ended up with the number 66 pick. I packaged that with the number 230 pick to Philadelphia and got back the 94th pick, a third and a fourth in next year's draft. So I'll pass it on to you so you can give who you picked with the Houston Texans second, third round pick. Well, I think you just put it plainly. You know, when I was able to get my second, third overall pick at 73, I went with Joe Tittman. I think that he is a <laughs> – listen, I think that he would be a player that can come in and I don't need for him to start day one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Right? I think the expectations would be high, but Houston does have some vets that he can come in and make it a competition at this in the battle, right? One thing that mm-hmm. I love about Joe, and this was an issue that we – saw Houston struggle with interiorly with the interior offensive line play. He does a very good job of picking up late blitzes and, and, and uh, whenever the D line wants to switch it up, right? We see a lot of those stunts. So he's a good blocker picking up blocks. Um, he's like you mentioned, Cody, he's always, you know, he's, he's good in the run game, very good in the run game. And I think that will help level out the left guard rookie, you know, mm-hmm. going into his sophomore year, Kenyon green, Big body. I love a Wisconsin offensive lineman. And he is a guy that I think when it's his time, the rest of the offensive line play will truly balance itself out. I like Joe Tittman. I was watching the game between uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State. And that was a game where you saw some lows, but you see the highs. You see him picking up those stunts. You see him picking up those late blitzes. You see him when the play is breaking down, he's moving his feet and helping follow, you know, wherever his quarterback is going with the offensive line to keep some time for his quarterback. So you see some of the good things that he does, and I think that he's a guy that can come in, don't need for him to start day one, but eventually we'll get him on the field next to Keon Green, next to Shaq Mason, who's going to also help him bring him up and got the two uh, tackles. Listen, this may be a completely different line from what we've seen from the Houston Texans in a very long time. Mm. And now with my 73rd pick, I actually wanted to address a position that I've been very critical about since the departure of DJ Reader. So, John, you should already know what my analysis is going to be. With the number 73rd pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select defensive tackle Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, Joey's 
teammate. And the reason why I went with him, he is rated as one of the best run defensive players in this year's draft. This is a guy who finished his junior season at Wisconsin at Wisconsin with a run defensive grade of 70. John, you already know how I feel about the Houston, Texas run defenses. Everybody know it has been God awful. This is a team who has given up an average of what? 160, 170 last year. Run defense has been God awful. Like I mentioned, since the departure of DJ Reader, you get a guy like like, like Keanu, he's going to come in. He's going to improve that defensive line. And not only that, he's also going to have an opportunity to learn from D'Amico Ryans. And I think that is where my excitement of this draft comes from, to where it doesn't matter if – And Sheldon Rankins and, 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 and Malik and, Collins. And you're right, and Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins as well. But when I take a look at prospects – that are going that the Texans are going to have an opportunity to pick up in this year's draft. I get extremely excited because it doesn't matter if they're picking up the cream of the crop or they're going to get them as undrafted free agents. The fact that so many people have talked about the Miko Ryan's abilities to teach on that defensive side of the ball lets you know that a lot of these prospects that we are talking about will be in good hands moving forward. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com, slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and then get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. All right, so go ahead and bet on how many times Aaron Judge is going to knock it out the park, right? How many pitches go over on the strikeouts, right? You can do all of that right now on America's number one sports book with FanDuel. Don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. FanDuel, the official partner of the Major League Baseball. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and much more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Fridays. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Interesting conversation that I think should be had. We look at Houston having 11 draft picks in this upcoming year's draft. Um, and we look at 2, 12, and 33, and we say, hey, whoever comes in at those positions, we kind of need them to start day one. And I understand that, right, especially at two, their quarterback spot. But then we get into the third round, the two third-round draft picks. Got the forefront, got fifth. Texans, I believe, still have three sixes. Maybe it's two. They got a few six-round picks, got some sevens. And then you also look at undrafted rookies. How many of those players in this year's draft are we realistically expecting to come and start day one? Right. So, and I wanted to ask you that. I mentioned Julius, you know, Brent's. We also went back to Joe Tipman. You mentioned Joe Tipman. Also looked at Keanu Benton, who's a guy that he stood out to me from the combine. He's a big body guy, and I think that he is Jordan Davis esque. Now, call him Jordan Davis, hmm. but his ability to help stop the run, I think, would be great for Houston. But I don't think none of those guys 
day one should be penciled in as starters, right? We, we look at Julius Brents, got a couple of cornerbacks in front of him already that are pretty good cornerbacks. You look at the possibility of a Keanu Benton, got some deep tackles in front of you that's some, that are some good deep tackles. How important is it for Houston to make sure that they find guys later in the round that don't necessarily have to start this year? They can contribute this year, but they are part of the rebuilding process for first-year head coach Demico Ryans. I think it all depends on the position itself. Like, you know, in the second round, number 51 for me, I took J.L. Skinner. If that was the case, I'm not expecting Skinner to start week one. You know, at some point, maybe towards the end of the season, or even if you wait till next year, then I would consider him a starter. But in terms of somebody like Tipman, even though this is somebody we've taken, what, <clears throat> early to mid third round or whatever the case might be, I look at him and I compare him to a Scott Quisenberry. And I say, yeah, Scott Quisenberry might be the more established player, but I mean, how much more worse can he be than Quisenberry? You know, and then you also got to keep in mind that as of right now, he's going to be in the mix with Laramie Tunsil as the head of that position. Michael Dater from, from Miami. So they and you got Michael Dater as they well. Address some of these positions. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm glad you did, but <clears throat> I think it just depends on the position group itself. And even when you take a look at the wide receiving core and you get an opportunity to get one of the top big name wide receivers, then I say, okay, you deserve to start week one. However, if you go the latter route and you get somebody like a Zay Flowers, like I mentioned in terms of the pressure that is on somebody like a Nico Collins, you can kind of afford to say, you know what, let's, you know, just make you a reserve. Let's just use you as a rotational player through the first couple of weeks. And let's see how this experience with this player might go. I, I think it all depends. Even when I, even when I take a look at Benton, if the Houston Texans got him, I would say he would be somebody you could start off as a rotational players, because just like how I'm looking at Nico Collins, I'm also looking at, Roy Lopez the same way like you have to show some you have to show your value in your work to this new regime so I, I, it all depends on the position and the player that is already established there as well and to the point of Keanu Benton when I look at Jordan Davis and what he was able to do for Philly last year he only played in 26 percent of the snaps so he was effective when he was on the field but there is a limitation there and I think with Jordan Davis he got the injury bug hit him as well. Wasn't able to get him back in. Also, Philly has some dogs at D-tackle already. Mm. Uh, we know about Hargraves, who is now in San Fran, my goodness. But there isn't a rush to – hey, here's a starter. This is the NFL. you got 53 men on this roster. You're coming in as a young buck. It's okay to allow some of these guys to come on in and learn and, and, and figure out how they can dominate at this level. So I think between – you look at what Houston does after 33, that's an opportunity for Houston to bring in guys who, number one, you know, by the way, can compete at positions like Joe Tipman, Michael Dater, Scott Quisenberry, Joe Marissi. That's a competition there, hmm. not only for the rookie, but for the veterans. You look at the possibility of J.L. Skinner, right? You come in. Uh, you got Eric Murray still on the roster. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of these. That's I not a competition. It, but you look at some of these <laughs> positions that we're talking about. Right, and I look at Brents. You still got to compete with some of these other guys on the roster to even have an opportunity to sniff the field. 
because they're pros. You may have the talent, but they may know how to win at this level. And so I think the only positions we could probably lock in at maybe day one start is two and 12, depending on what Houston do with those uh, positions in the draft. But overall, it's okay if Houston draft some guys and got the name behind them coming out of college. But maybe in their rookie year, they only played about, you know, 30% or 40% of the snaps on their respective side of the ball. And then you're seeing them get a lot of special teams. That's okay. What's to that point? If that is the case, John, will that also mean that one, the Houston Texans are more competitive and two, they're all winning a little bit more? Because if I you think, think so. about it, even though a lot of us, especially covering both the Texans and Rockets, you want to see a lot of your young guys play. A lot of times it's that irritating developmental stage where you know the ending score is not going to work out in your favor. Right. And so so what, what the Rockets were not able to do was address getting vets in in the offseason with free agency. You had mm-hmm. Eric Gordon. Thank God you moved on from him because it just wasn't working out anymore. But they didn't bring vets on this roster to help fill it out, right? What the Houston Texans were able to do just a month and a half ago was mm. Robert Woods, Noah Brown, Michael Dater, uh, Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Dalton. Um, uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, I, I know I'm missing some guys, but they were able to the line, Denzel Perryman and 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 uh, the other linebacker Houston signed. Um, I forget Corey Littleton. So, Littleton. So they were able to fill out the roster with vets, and now young guys coming in. We're not asking you to go out there mm. and, and and play 30 minutes in NFL. 70% of the sets. We're not asking you to do that. We're asking you to get on the field. We're going to put you in situations where we expect for you to capitalize. And then some of these positions, man, by the time August, July, August gets around, we're at camp. We're going to be on the sidelines looking at ourselves, looking at each other and saying, man, there's a competition brewing over here. And that's good for this team. Hmm. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texas podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked on Texas podcast on YouTube under the name Locked on Texans and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans as well. If you're new to the page, give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.